Ladies and gentlemen, here is the latest bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Step into the This is Macabre Grimoire with Airy Show, Travis Nye, and Robert Maley. Hey everyone, welcome to Macabre Grimoire, Chapter 6. Sideshow, gaff, and rogue taxidermy. What is a gaff? No. <laughs> in, magic, in the magic community, a gaff is something very different, so that's why I was intrigued by the word of gaff. Well, was what in, in magic, gaff is like a mistake, right? No, it's actually a hidden item that the audience sees but don't know it's trickery. Oh, like a okay. Like hidden utility, like a James Bond device, an exploding stick of gum. Interesting. I'm so confused. So lay the scene for me. Like, what do you mean? Lay the scene. I hand you a rustic piece of pencil lead. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Okay, yeah. With uh, a tea-dyed piece of parchment paper. Okay, okay. And I have you write something down. Okay. You fold it up. Okay. What you don't know is that pen just electronically sent me the signal to tell me what it is you wrote down. What? Oh, my God. Do you want to know what word I wrote down? Yes. Boobs. That's good. Nice. <laughs> <coughs> well played. Uh, well, today we're talking about, uh, in case you have a guess, sideshows, gaff, and rogue taxidermy. Uh, taxidermy is a... It's not my thing. <laughs> no. But uh, my, my dad's not... He's not into, like, actually making taxidermy, but he has a lot of mounted animals and in his home, so... Now, is he a hunter? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. That's good. Otherwise, no, he just likes dead animals he around. Just I don't know why. You know, my stepdad has a taxidermied um, albino ringneck pheasant. And so, and it's the one thing that he actually has taxidermied. Otherwise, because he hunts a lot. Yep. Otherwise, that's like the only thing that he has. And I'm kind of like... Because when my mom married a hunter, I was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be, like, dead animals everywhere. But that's the only <laughs> one. And it's not even, like, displayed in, like, a part of the house where everybody can see it. It basically greets you in the basement. Yep. It's the, it's a basement thing in our house, too. Uh, <laughs> Dad has his own bar in the basement. Oh, and that wow, is, nice. like, his gallery for all things mounted. So they're all crammed in there. At one point, Jay shot a third elk in uh, Custer State Park. And those are like monstrous like yeah. something you only hang in Cabela's so they take up like a quarter of a room yeah and uh so he really tried hard to talk mom into breaking the the rule that none are allowed above the threshold of the mm. basement and <laughs> it, it didn't happen shoot is it actually in the basement oh yeah I'm impressed it's fit in the basement or like got to the basement yeah it well the reason my dad uh side story here my, my dad's old drinking buddy back in the day was in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. and so when he built this house, he built a uh, a basement entrance, so there's like oh. a patio door and uh. a big stamped cement pad, and so it's really easy to move stuff in and out of that sure. basement, because awesome. it opens right into the bar. I would really like to see them try to get a moose down the stairs. The stairs of mom and dad's house, you could do it. Yeah. You'd just be figuring out what door you'd bring it in. I still don't know how they brought it in even through like a normal sized patio door. Right. How wide is it? Um... My goodness. The antlers itself have got to be... Yeah, it's huge. It's like five feet. It'd be oh, like, wow. It'd be my, like, moving an L couch that doesn't, like, separate in the middle. Oh. So they probably had to, like, carefully... Like, like angle it? Angle it through and, you know, like, move one part through and then step through and then move the other. Oh, yeah. wow. They're like the size of a small camel. 
Like, those things are huge. They are massive, and, they're, and these Custer State Park ones are, like, exceptionally huge, because yes. you can only... I forget how that works. There's a lottery for them, and you can only it's hunt every them... every ten years. Is it? Yeah, because my stepdad, uh, his his came okay. up one year when I was they first. Say, is that just yeah. common knowledge? Like, how did you just know that? Because my stepdad, he's a hunter. So when they first got together, my mom and my stepdad, he was like, "Okay, I got my elk license. Just can't, like I I need to go hunting for elk." And it was like some big weekend or whatever. My mom was like, "No," and then he's like, "You don't understand. Like, I will <laughs> never get this chance again." So mom's like, "All right." So he went and he got and he stayed there until he got his elk, and then he just went bear hunting up in Canada. Oh yeah. Just Recently too, and that's another thing where it's it's pretty rare if you get to go bear hunting. So, yeah, it depends on where. It does. Um, because like my, like my brother and dad figured out that you know because like hunting is really valuable here in South Dakota mm-hmm. if you've got like good good pheasant hunting like mm-hmm. we do. So they actually do an exchange thing where they let people. They trade off, and oh. actually, they've done a whole bunch of like crazy trips from it. Yeah, they got to go. I think is it salmon fishing in the Columbia River in oh, Washington, like wow. the gigantic salmon, and like right out on the like the that you need the special permits for and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to do that, and that was like a life changing experience for him and oh, you know, and my brother awesome. Jay. And uh, what was something else they exchanged? Oh, they went. I want to say they went like fishing for some big kind of like exotic fish in Alaska. Oh. And they, that was a trip they traded for, for hunting. And I know Jay's done that once for bear hunting in northern Minnesota, but they got skunked on Shoot. that one. Wait, like literally skunked? No. Oh, okay. No. They just they, didn't They did anything. not see any bears. Shoot. Because mm. I know like when uh, my stepdad went to go bear hunting, he had to stay in like cement cabin. So like all the walls of the uh-huh. of the cabin are made out of cement, so that the bears can't smell you. Probably mainly like a liability thing, also. Yeah. Oh God, where was that at? It was up in I don't know, up, up, up Canada somewhere. Okay. And then and then mom sends us a text message picture of Dave getting his bear, and I go, oh you, oh, yay, because <laughs> I'm not like a dead animal kind of person. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they probably didn't want to send a picture while I was still alive. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think they have that much time. <laughs> so, so look here, this quick pow selfie yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> Do the Annie Oakley shot over the shoulder blind while taking the selfie. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, so so yeah, he's a he's a hunter and he he gets to do he does trips like that too. So cool. Yeah. So yeah, and and obviously as we're talking here, taxidermy is one of the fates that can befall one of these hunted creatures. So. Everybody kind of just knows what taxidermy is, where you mount a head or you you like make a bearskin rug. Basically, taxidermy is you're making something out of a like hunted animal or a trapped animal. Right. Uh, but what is gaff taxidermy? Well, taxidermists refer to their made-up creations when they make something that's like doesn't exist in the real world. They call it gaff uh, taxidermy. Uh, it's meant to look and. Uh, they call it that because it's meant to hook someone's attention and make them wonder. I guess it's an old timey saying. I don't. I don't know how these work. But uh, while many claim that taxidermy gaffs are forgeries, uh, some gaff taxidermies taxidermists disagree. <clears throat> Here's a little bit of the history with that. Though many gaff taxidermists are known uh, for their mythical creations, most don't see it as a means of deceiving people. Doug Hingley, renowned for his chubacabra gaffs, which, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. for example, never meant for his creations to be taken as real, but instead to let people make up their own decision about what they are. He famously calls his work the chubacabra, 
with a question oh, mark yeah, on all of them, emphasizing the importance of the question mark. Taxidermy gaffs are fun, are a fun suspension of disbelief in a taxidermist's eyes. They want people to have fun imagining mis uh, mystery of their creatures, rather than just being a simple statement of falsehood. Now, gaff taxidermy has not always had the most, uh, has not always been quite that honest and open about what it is. Mm -hmm. One of the most famous hucksters in history uh, perpetrated what is probably the most famous piece of gaff taxidermy. Uh, that is the Fiji Mermaid, which was presented by P.T. Barnum in 1842. Mm -hmm. By convincing newspapers to do stories about his real mermaid, Barnum gained legitimacy for his creation and even managed to stump naturalists for a while. In the meantime, similar mermaids popped up in other smaller sideshows. Researchers now believe that Japanese sailor made the original mermaid in 1822 by sewing a monkey torso onto a fishtail. Robert, yeah. <laughs> Robert Ripley of Ripley, believe it or not, presented the Fiji mermaid as a, at his auditorium, or, yeah, auditorium, uh. in the uh, 1930s. Uh, but the presentation was debunked as a hoax that it was not the original uh, Fiji what? mermaid. What? And it was? No. Oh, it wasn't. We uh, Actually, we don't know what happened to the original Fiji mermaid, because he claimed to have it, and so everyone assumed he did, and then they carbon dated it, and it can't or, you know, did forensics on it, and right. it's not, it's definitely not the original. Uh, and we don't know what happened to it. The last they knew, at one point, uh, they thought it had been donated to, like, the New York Natural History Museum. Oh. But uh, they checked their, like, back area where they do, like, long-term store oh, stuff. Oh, sure, sure. And they didn't find it. Oh, I bet somebody has Somebody it. swiped it. Yeah, somebody definitely swiped it. So they, they, they have, like, a few... Uh, gaff taxidermies at that museum, but uh, none of them are, you know, all of them are clearly not the original Fiji mermaid. Wow. Because if you see the photos of the Fiji mermaid and the one that they do have that was in that that crate or whatever, it's like they're not anything alike. So wow. it's like, yeah, not so much. Uh, here in South Dakota, where our podcast is based, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, and this is across the American West, I guess. I always kind of thought this is a South Dakota thing, but yeah. apparently they're more widespread. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, it's the sprightly jackalope, <laughs> which is the fusion of a rabbit with a deer. Uh, honestly, these things were around so much when I was growing up. Not the actual animal, but like people with jackalope-themed stuff, like yeah. coffee mugs, hats, stuff like you know, or a stuffed jackalope or mm -hmm. a mounted actual, you know, actual quotes oh, in the air yeah. one. Uh, as a little kid, I didn't think they were real, but I always like took them for granted that they were just like all over the place and didn't even think of it as like a weird thing that. You know, my dad has a couple of those in that bar downstairs. I totally thought they were real. Side, side, <laughs> side tangent, by the way, the first animal he ever mounted and put in that basement yeah. was was the albino ring-necked pheasant that he shot. So I thought oh, that he story got one too? Yep. Oh, wow. I, I thought that story was interesting when you said that. I was just like, really? Huh. I guess they're more common. Or not. I don't know. I Maybe don't know. It, meant, it means that we're supposed to be friends. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to take it as that side. Yes. I know the first place i seen a, a jackalope, and I found there are numerous ones across the country, are in Texas Roadhouse. Really? Oh. Yeah, if you go into Texas Roadhouse and look at the stuffed animals, you'll see jackalopes. Nice. Yeah, there's an antelope in there, too, and it really grosses me out. Yeah. <laughs> He's watching you eat. Not an him. antelope. Uh, is it an antelope? What are those things that have, like, a hard shell? It's, armadillo. Uh, armadillo! Ugh! <laughs> Not, not the deer. You thought antelope? Yeah, antelopes look like a, kind of like a, a little deer. deer. Yeah. Okay. I, 
I should explain. I'm kind of on some weird medication right now, and I'm so tired. Perfect. So I'm a little weird, more than usual. It's yeah. part of the mystery. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Am I even here right now? What's happening? Like My hands can touch anything but themselves. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Whoa. I didn't mean to distract. You are okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It, like, uh, yeah. Well, now I want to go to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about now. I'm kidding. I, I can move on. We can move on. That's okay. We're we're basically talking about jackalopes here. True, so true. I mean, no, I I live. It's very it. serious matter. Very serious. It's super serious. <laughs> so I kind of thought that uh, jackalopes were were real, and then it wasn't until an embarrassingly old age that I realized that they were fake. You're like this last Saturday. I was telling my husband about the topic of this show. Oh my god, <laughs> you don't want to even know. Like, okay, I was in college when I realized that jackalopes were fake because of the SDSU jackrabbit. So I thought, oh. and I was like, I'm like, yeah, they're totally like I didn't, st but okay, I never admitted to anybody that I thought they were real. And then, then it came up that they were fake, and I just low key like, oh yeah, <laughs> I knew that. So that's yeah. got to be the worst, like being embarrassed in front of your friends at something that happens to everybody, but truly being embarrassed in front of yourself. Yeah, that sucks. Happens all the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many. T there's so many things that like I didn't find out until a really uh, old age, really old age recently. Like, moniker is not pronounced monkey ear. Hmm, that's a thing. <laughs> I didn't find out until I was, like, 30 that uh, pumpkin is pronounced pumpkin and not pumpkin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what? And my wife is just like, yeah, you say it. It's, like, the most adorable thing. You always Aww. mispronounce pumpkin, and you always have as long as I know you. And, and you I even can tell you're excited. You got the cute voice right there. Yeah, and... Uh, just like, it's so adorable. And I was like, what? And I was like, mom. Because I think we were like visiting the farm and like picking oh. up as something like that. And yeah. I was just like, well, no, we always just thought it was really cute. So nobody corrected you. It's like, I'm 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll always be my baby. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I didn't know shrapnel was a thing. That was something else. It was, I found out at a really old age. How did you find out? So, okay, so um, we were watching a lot of, um, oh, my God, Mythbusters. Okay. And also he told me about, oh, he, my husband told me about how his dad was hit with some shrapnel in Viet the Vietnam War that had Agent Orange on it. And then that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and that launched this whole thing, this whole host of health issues with him that um, resulted in him getting a heart transplant and then um, dying like 11 years later, which was like super duper long for a guy getting a heart transplant in the 80s. So for him to live that long after getting a heart transplant, that's fantastic. So, the, so anyways, that, so that's not the sad part. The sad part is the Agent Orange um, getting hit with that. And so when he told me, so he would tell me constantly about like, yeah, I got hit with shrapnel. I was just like, well, that's a fake word. Like, like what a weird <laughs> word to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, and then eventually I called them out. And I'm like, why do you keep saying shrapnel? He's like, and I'm like, they're saying it on TV, too. That's such a dumb word. That's not even a word. And he's like, he's like, are you serious right now? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> then he's like, it's a thing. I'm like, no, it's not. So we had to go to, like, the internet. And I'm just. Oh, boy. I'm like, oh, man. I'm so full of it. So. So, yeah. I, I think the funniest one of those I've ever encountered was my sister Joni. Uh, I think she had her doctorate. She was a PhD at this point. Mm -hmm. and, and she's going to hate me for telling this story. But I was like, 
for some reason, I said something about, it was like Easter or something like mm-hmm. that, and I was talking about like Jesus being Jewish, and she was like, what? I was like, Jesus was Jewish. Well, no, he wasn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't be Catholic because... It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. <laughs> it all so makes he, sense. So he was Jewish. I'm like, so I, I gave her crap for years after oh that. I was, I was just like, hey, Joni, Jesus was Jewish? <laughs> it's like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if she found out, you know, now versus much later where she's... Before she know. had kids and started teaching them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is Catholic. No, he's not. Oh. My mom says... Adorable. Yeah. That's funny. But apparently, uh, also adorable, the town of Douglas, Wyoming, has a event every year on June 31st. Oh, yeah. They, uh, um, they, and they, their uh, city for tourism releases jackalope hunting licenses. Oh, uh, I think but, I've heard of this. But the jackalopes, they're only good for June 31st. Nice. Which, <laughs> yeah. It's, Okay, another side story here. <laughs> so, one Christmas, one of my sisters got my brother... I didn't know they made these. A fake lottery ticket. Yeah. Oh. Like, scratch lottery. And uh, so he scratched it off, and uh, he totally bought it hook, line, <gasps> and sinker, because they look pretty real. Yeah. He thought he'd won $25,000. Oh, no. And he literally got up from the Christmas dinner table and did a, like, <laughs> jig and jumped up, like... <laughs> Like one leg and then the other, kind of like Irish jig kind of thing, and hurt his back, (gasps) and (laughs) was just like, "Oh my god, oh my!" (laughs) Just like you thought somebody was dying or something like that. He had tears coming down his eyes. He was just so (laughs) relieved and happy. Oh no! He flips it over, and uh, it's like the the text on the back of the ticket is the fine print. Yes, it's hilarious because it's all like. Uh, redeemable only in your dreams. Right. Uh, you know, se- send uh, with an attached autographed copy of the Bible to Santa Claus at North Pole. Oh, one to- right. yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, I've heard... I, like, they have a lot of those videos on America's Funniest, and, like, I've heard a, a variation where it's like, Rob, prize can be redeemable at your mama's house and stuff like that. But, like, <laughs> Dominic and I get so mad when we see those videos where we're just like, those are so mean because it's like because like you hear people say saying proclaiming things like yes i can pay off my credit card debt you know and like thinking like all this relief is coming and then they find out that oh no it's not so it's like oh it's so sad so so sad i mean it's kind of funny at first and then it's not i I would on paper i would have thought they were hilarious but after having witnessed that christmas Mm -hmm. um i'm just like I wouldn't do it to my worst enemy. (laughs) The uh, last time I checked, they do sell them actually at Walmart now, just in like the cheap toy aisle. Oh, really? Yeah, like with the yo-yos and stuff. So I think, I want to say I think I got one once, but I was, I was, I don't know, like I just looked at it and I was like, yeah, right. And then that was the the end of it. But I don't think anything, I don't know. Just remember, yeah, it was just kind of weird. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen taxidermied? I don't know if it, this doesn't actually classify as taxidermy, but it okay. threw me off uh, because you know it's common to see things hanging in bars and people's oh, yeah. houses. Oh, sure. It actually hunts. That's not that's not odd. Uh, kind of a Midwest thing. Growing up in the Midwest is not odd. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's a place here in town. I can't remember the name of it, but they started like advertising like the puppies in a jar. <gasps> 
I, my, oh. I have a, that's my friend that does that. That freaked me out. I'm like, what is that all about? Like, is this real? Yeah. I keep yeah. meaning to invite him on the other podcast that's the Sioux Falls one. I keep, yeah. He, like, every time he posts on social media, there's like 10% like it, and then he just gets reamed with the rest just of the comments. waves yes. of hate. Yes. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. So like, what it is is that those puppies are actually stillborn. So they're not right. like... they Right. They're like right. fetal pigs. Yeah. Um, and and even like the the other animals that he have like they were already deceased so it's not right. like he's going out and trying to find dead puppies and my cousin she actually loves his work and has purchased many items from him and she's all like look at my puppy I'm like oh no right. do you just keep it in your purse like why is this your service pet if I'd been thinking we would have had you invite him for this episode oh sure the, the taxidermy especially yeah shoot we didn't even we should have talked more yeah we could yeah, we could do another episode about yeah, it check patreon yeah that information yeah. exactly <laughs> there we go so so yes that's that's kind of the brief story about him but i know that like, he definitely caused like a huge stir in the yeah because it was like in the news and it everything was. Else. like what is going on like i was just like oh jason like, like, how do you get a puppy in a jar I remember there was a like kind of a myth thing of uh, my buddies and I would talk about all the time, like in high school, of a bonsai kitten. What is a bonsai kitten? Yeah. A bonsai kitten is like when it's tube fed okay. in a jar. Oh, like and it lives in this jar, so it actually grows to be the shape of the jar, and no. like has another tube for like, <gasps> it to go to the bathroom at the other end. No, no, and it's not a real thing. But you get oh. online, like you know, how Japanese people cut their pets' hair to be like shapes and all this different thing. Oh my gosh! If you search bonsai kitten online, you're gonna find like pictures of cats with like jar shaped heads because like perfectly round oh no and so the myth was is that they keep them in jars to, until when they're baby till they grow up and they are perf- uh, perfectly cylindrical oh my gosh oh. i'm really glad that that's not real me too because <laughs> i have a lot of baby kitties yeah that, that would break my heart it'd be a little too disturbing for me too God, we're the- the most random, I mean, I've seen random taxidermy. Like, you go to bars where they have, like, a hat, and uh, the the deer's got, like, a hunter's cap and a cigarette in its mouth. Yeah. And I've seen a few, like, Jeff Foxworthy tells jokes about going to the kind of place where the... <laughs> Where they mounted the two deer hooves and have the like gun that killed the deer oh, on, right. the, yeah, on yeah. the deer hooves, and I remember the Jeff Foxworth joke about that it was just like, "Yes, here's a Remington thirty out six. Sure, knock my ass in the mud, and you'll you'll love it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even think of any other like really weird taxidermy that I've ever seen besides yeah the jar stuff. That was weird as hell. Um, Which I guess that kind of technically would count as taxidermy. As well. Yeah, I think it would. It's, no, it absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that I go to a few, like, horror conventions, and they will, like, some people will take, like, bones of animals and stuff like that and kind of mount them. Actually, no. I have this, I do have weird taxidermy. A friend of mine, um, her, I'm going to go plug her real quick. Her shop is called Flawed Fox Creations, and it is both beautiful and grotesque all at the same time. Like, to, like, it's like if someone who's like from the Victorian area got a hold of animals and like taxidermied them and mounted them on beautiful like ornate <laughs> frames and like dressed them up with like cute little hats and beads and lace and I mean it is insane but it's beautiful and she does a really really good job and, I t- and I've told her I'm just like I love the work that you do 
but it is not me. <laughs> like, I could not buy it. I could not. But um, that's that's what she does, and it's just, and she gets really excited, like, when she sees, like, a dead squirrel nearby, she's like, yes! And she, like, goes and, like, snatches oh it up. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, Part of me hilarious. remembers, like, a Hoarders episode or something where some Ooh. old guy just, like, collected dead animals in his freezer, deep freeze, <laughs> to make them taxidermy. Oh, no. It was, like, an episode, like, a horror version of Ace Ventura Pet Detective. There were so many, like, taxidermied animals around him. Yeah. Like, it was, like, going into an antique store where they were just, like, piled. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah, so there's the the deer with the cigarette. Mine are so, like, tame and redneck compared to these these ones you're talking about. (laughs) Like, the next one is, my dad, so my dad has a jackalope in his bar, and then he has also got uh, a squirrel that's butt was too fat and is stuck in the tree. Nice. So it's just a big mounted squirrel butt in this, like, old gnarly tree or whatever, and that's, like, one of the fixtures in his bar. I think it should be dubbed old gnarly tree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try it. I'll just call it squirrel butt. Squirrel butt. Squirrel butt. Butte. Squirrel butte. There There you you go. go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, try- I'm gonna try and find her stuff. I'm gonna put a- post it on our page. But yeah, it's just bizarre. I love- Honestly, like I want to know where's people's ambitions and motive. Like not now, because I mean I get there's a science to it and whatnot. But like originally, what was somebody's first idea of saying, "I'm gonna keep this dead animal forever"? Um, I'm gonna guess that it's Probably it's like over an a H- trophy. Yeah. Uh. Well, like the modern. Like we're talking like six, fifteen, sixteen hundreds modern right. quotes in the air would be trophy hunting in like among the right. arist- aristocracy in Europe and stuff. But then I want to know like the trial and error of actually preserving it. Like, oh, it's up on my wall. I'll come home two days later, and it's just kind of jello hanging on my wall. Well, yeah. Part part of that is the. Uh, I mean, have you ever been to a taxidermy shop and seen how they've done it? No, I've not. How do they do it? Okay. There is no, like... I know there's no fluids. Like, it's all drained. Well, there's no meat. Right. There's... It's literally... uh, Nowadays, it's literally a plastic cast kind of thing. And then they just... It's basically like the skin. So, basically, it's a fur. Yeah. Because, like, the eyes are glass, the tongue is rubber, and then they... A lot of airbrushing on the fur to get the color, like, just right. Right. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, like, the antlers and the fur are, like, the only actual thing that go into it. Like, a lot of them, the skull doesn't even go, like, into it anymore. Oh, wow. But, you know, and then that's the other thing, is you can have, like... Because that look was really popular in the taxidermy world Mm -hmm. for a while, so my dad has a bunch of, like, deer skulls or elk skulls or stuff like that that are have, like, a really cool, like, dream catcher kind of thing, like, airbrushed onto them. And then it's just, like, the white skull with the painting and then the big antlers. Oh, cool. And... So obviously that is like the the real skull or whatever, but uh, right. yeah, it, there's a, there's actually nowadays there's not a lot to it. And in the old days, my understanding is that it was just like sacks of straw is what they used. Okay. And arsenic. Well, do they do they, do they ever put just a backing to the to the fur to the skin? Oh yeah, there's a well they tan it mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yep. So that it's it's like a fur like if you get like a rabbit skin at a like tour shop West River or something like that. Right. If you, animal furs, where it's all soft on both sides, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what they do to it, basically. I think it's a little more 
advanced. Yeah, and... some taxidermist is just kind of like, this is what all what we do. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, write, we'll write in and now. tell us all about it. Yeah, really. Yes. Um, so my brother, he works at the um, the community um, museum downtown. Ugh, what's it called? The Heritage Museum? Is that what it's called? Sure. The Courthouse Museum. That's Courthouse Museum. Oh there my gosh. Go. Okay. I told you. I'm out of it. So, um, so when I first toured there and I was like in fourth grade, I was kind of by myself touring the museum and I took a wrong turn and I came face to face with this huge ass buffalo and it freaked me the fuck out. And I, and I'd been terrified of ever setting foot back in that museum again because of this buffalo. Well then fast forward several years later and now I see this this buffalo again. I'm just like, that's the buffalo. And it was a lot smaller, which good. Because now I remember, like, now I was like, I was pretty little. So um, I pointed out to my brother and he was like, yeah, don't touch that because that's covered in arsenic and that's just really dangerous. But they still keep it there because it's an antique now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so if you go down to the courthouse museum, you can see that buffalo that scared the pants off of me. Um, and then there was another one. That I was going to bring up. But. I like the bears and stuff at Shields. Oh, yeah. But those are, those aren't taxidermied, are they? Are those fake? Mm-hmm. I thought that they'd be The bears fake. at Shields? Yeah. Those would be real. Would, you I think, so. yeah? The oh, yeah. stuff feels oily, like, real. To reiterate, uh, you shouldn't touch taxidermied animals because they are, like, toxic, mildly. Well, they have this set up as, like, a photo booth type thing. So oh, they that's do. why I'm okay. guessing it's probably fake. Okay, that that may be because I'm gonna confess I haven't haven't seen the bears you're talking about like, mm-hmm. um, but like when you see them mounted in those big displays that are fenced off and stuff like at Cabela's where they'll have yeah. like a whole mountain of animals and yeah. stuff, yeah. that's all real, right? You're <laughs> <laughs> really just walking into a pet cemetery. I know all the dead animals. It's kind of like Toy Story. It. You should see what happens when they close the doors at night. <laughs> It'll be like night at the museum. Exactly, it is terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. De- dead animal bodies. Uh, between, like, growing up around that and then, like, when I go back for Christmases, uh, usually my siblings that have kids get the all the spare bedrooms downstairs. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually on a futon out underneath all of the mounted animals. So oh, I, like, Jesus. literally, like, I fall asleep and their elk is, like, I can't, let me put it this way, I can't sit up completely straight in the futon or I will hit the very, very bottom of the elk. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I sleep beneath the the severed head of the elk. Oh, I can't handle that. You know what? I can handle sleeping in Dominic's office with all of the, the, like, blood and, like, the horror pictures and, like, Jason's and Freddy's surrounding me. Like, I'm fine there. I cannot handle the dead animals. I remember watching, uh, and I always laughed at it, Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And has that guy with that, that working for, I can't even remember the, all their characters' names now. Uh, the bad guy, basically one of his assistants or workers, whatever, was always afraid to go into that trophy room where it's full of taxidermy and stuff. Like, uh-huh. he'd walk in there just shaking and, like, staring at the walls, carrying a shotgun. Oh, man. Don't nice. blame him. And at the end, a bear fell on him and scared him, and he gave up. Aw. I don't blame him. Yeah. Is this night taxidermy that you have here in the office? No, that would not be. It, that has never been alive, <laughs> and it's never been real. So, not taxidermy. You know of? You could have. That we know of. Could have went along with it and said, "Yeah, it is." It would have been uh, a really tiny night. Very how, do you know there, how do you know there's not? A, <laughs> how do you know there's really not a man in there? 
Uh, well, one, for Halloween, I put a gigantic LED remote control light display inside oh, cool. of the head. Because I figured out the head is actually just attached to the, the neck and shoulders. It's just solid. You can't mm. drop stuff all the way through him. Oh, oh, wow. But it's still deep enough that I can't get that light thing back out of there to change the batteries. <laughs> so, lesson learned. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> That sucks. It's okay. Can you just like turn it upside down and like shake it out? I hadn't thought of that actually. I could try that. He's never owned a guitar before. (laughs) No, I have never owned a guitar before. (laughs) But you're right. That's what they do for a guitar pick. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would have done. I'm like, oh, here it goes upside down. See, my 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 answer was I was going to get a stick with. This is a really interesting radio. I was going to get a (laughs) stick and put some tape on the end of it, and I was just going to get that way because that's how I get the pennies that keep falling into my. Oh. Uh, my plug-in in my car for sure. my, uh, you know, for my phone charger. I have a bunch of change in there, and oh, now it's starting nice. to, like, fall into the, the cigarette lighter thing. Oh, I dropped a dime in it once, and it actually sparked and arced across. Like, I wouldn't think that. Ooh. I've never seen it happen, and one time it actually arced across. And I'm it like, well, arced across? Like, where did it arc? Like, Well, there's still a positive and negative in well, there. Oh, yeah. And somehow it fell just right, <gasps> like it, like, scorched that dime. And I'm like, well, I'm not reaching in to get that anymore. So, so if I'd known it could actually do that, I probably wouldn't have been as uh, zealous as I was when I pursued that in like <clears throat> cramming my probably metal rod thing that I was using to try and get the the penny out of there. Ooh. Yeah, I'm glad you lived to tell the tale. I don't think you'd actually feel it, but I mean, still. Yeah, it's a car battery. It just like it might hurt it you, but it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Unless it like hits your heart just right or something like that, but you that, I mean, jolt. like if somebody throws yep. it at you and it hits your heart, yeah, like that. Because I couldn't do it; those things are heavy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, question: If you could taxidermy anything, what would the two things be? If you could join, oh, them join them together, or multiple things. Weird. Um, That's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think I'm gonna go with. To make a convincing Quetzalcoatl, where it's a snake that's completely covered in tropical bird feathers and looks oh. like it can fly. Or I'm going to go with, uh, keeping in my theme of birds here, I'm going to get, uh, I don't remember what this creature is called from Greek mythology, but it's the the cock. It's a chicken uh, with like slightly bigger claws, and then its head is like three feet of snake neck and a snake head. Oh, and it's, I forget. I've, I've seen them on like sigils and stuff. A snow. Yeah, that sounds close to it. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I've seen those before in like, you know, frescoes and oh, old sure. stuff like that. And I'm just like, that would be cool. But I think I'm going with the Quetzalcoatl. Kind of keeps with my Central America theme that I have with stuff. So, nice. Yeah. What about you? <sighs> I want to do something like amphibious. Yeah? Yeah. I'm thinking like... I don't know. It'd have to be like a frog mixed with like to make sense of beaver because a beaver likes water. Yeah, we didn't even sure, sure, we didn't yeah. even get into like fish stories. Yeah. We just we talked about like you know the mermaids or whatever being like part fish, but uh, yeah, the, the the whole mounting fish thing is like a, a all world of its own because I don't even like that. I've never seen taxidermied. I don't know how they do that yeah. if that's. Taxidermied fish freak me the fuck out. Yeah, they're they're weird, especially like God. I remember when we were growing up. Grandpa Robert was letting before Dad had so much stuff he didn't know what to do mm-hmm. with, and he just had like six deer heads and like the pheasant and some geese and a bunch of stuff like that. 
uh, there was one big panel on the wall that was Grandpa Robert's biggest fish he ever got, and that was stayed in there for probably like 10 years before he finally took that back and put that in his cabin oh, in Rapid nice. City. But it's a big northern, and you the way it's mounted, it's like you could see inside of it and see the gills, and you can like see Crazy. like all the way back into it and stuff, and just like... That was always wild when I was a kid. I was always super fascinated with that. Yeah. Yeah. I know I always like seeing uh, like swordfish stuff like Those that. Those are cool. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge yeah. fishes. Yeah. I don't know what I would taxidermy. Probably something funny like a, like a spider and a monkey. You know, That'd so be they, cool. So they like have a spider s- monkeys already. But I know, but like an actual like spider monkey. <laughs> like, a, a, like a D&D spider monkey. Yeah. Right. Like, I got it's an actual something. like bottom half of a anthropod. <laughs> right, like a like a scorpion and a and a bunny, you know, or like a scorpion and a hamster. That would look pretty like, screwed up. Like the monkey torso with like giant spider legs yeah. wrapping around it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm kind of amazed that we didn't like veer off into mummies at some point in this, but I figure part of it is that that topic is well, for one thing, there's like a million <laughs> kinds of of mummies, mm-hmm. so it's like. We'll probably do episodes that are like just the Mayan mummies, just the Inca ones, just the mm. Egyptian, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's so much to do about. I mean, there's whole Egyptology. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole like subset of things around that. There's one guy I'm thinking of that I, I figured I'd do an episode about him at some point. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm. But he. When I think of him, I think of taxidermy. And I'm trying to remember because of what he he is. It he's the one at like, is it Cambridge University mm-hmm. or where he had his his he came up with a, he invented his own technique to preserve his head and to preserve his body, and he donated his body to the university. And he wanted he was one of these great thinkers of the Enlightenment, and he he thought it was a waste that we throw bodies into the ground just to rot because oh, no. they're like fascinating machines and stuff. Sure. So he came up with this idea that you would have symposiums with the dead where you would uh, preserve the bodies of your, like, great thinkers and, you know, like, famous professors and stuff like that. Oh, sure. And then you'd bring <laughs> them out at special occasions having to do with their topic, like Egyptology or whatever they studied, physics, stuff right. like that. Right, yeah. And you'd have, like, someone speak for and represent the body but have them, like, sitting in station in the lecture or whatever and people debate the, the issue back and forth and stuff like that. And I'm trying to remember what the guy's name is. Like, how do you even Google something like that? Yeah, so, right. Uh, body. I know that there was like a reality show. For Jeremy me. Bentham. That's who I'm thinking of. And I, I love that the first article that comes up is Jeremy Bentham's preserved corpse will haunt your nightmares. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, the dead body at the Hall of London University. So, uh,. The thing that went wrong is they have a... So, in keeping with his will and his, you know, like, grand scheme or whatever... Yeah. They have his body in a cabinet, mm-hmm. but it's a wax head, but it is, like, his mummified body or whatever. And so they will bring it out. I think on Halloween, they bring it out and they do a symposium... Oh, about like he wanted. Idea, like he wanted. Yeah, yeah. But he wanted to... He came up with this technique with all this, like, wax and weird stuff to preserve his head. Ooh. To make it look supposedly look yeah. preserved yeah. good and uh <laughs> yeah it uh it did not turn out so well so uh. they still have his head 
and that's on a, a platter that's like not displayed or whatever. Yeah, but it's uh, <laughs> haunt your nightmares. It's yeah, it is nightmare fuel like to the extreme because it looks worse than if it, they just let it like decompose into like a skull. Oh, wow. shoot! Because it, it looks like basically like ah, like oh. terrible pose and brown but waxy and oh. just yeah, it's really gross. <laughs> shoot, yeah, gross. There was something that came up on my uh, Atlas Obscura calendar that was something like that, where all that they could keep was, like, the head. And, like, and then they had a picture of the head on my calendar. I'm like, why would you put that on a desk calendar? The third article here is an Atlas Obscura article. I bet it was Jeremy Bentham. That sounds familiar. Yeah, the head of... Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I bet this is the, the guy. And those are clearly glass eyes, but yeah, the head is super, super gross. Wow. Well, it's like if it was made out of clay and then someone just slapped uh, it really hard. <laughs> why? Why did I look at that? Well, have you guys ever heard of the, uh, what is it, the human body? Um, I have. No, no. <laughs> it's like, it, there's like a name for it. It's like the Human Body Expo or whatever. And it's like bodies. Bodies! And so it's like basically they're just like a bunch of different bodies like that they've taxidermied in a sense. So you Wait, can see like the different. Down the road, we will do a whole episode about bodies because yeah. it's extremely controversial. Yes. And there's a whole bunch of mystery as to where those bodies came from and their identities really? and stuff like that. Uh, because the German designer guy that created the bodies display, uh, it was a really big controversy because he bought them as medical supplies from China. Oh. And it's very probably, we're going to give it like an 80% that they were like political prisoners who were just like executed by the Chinese government. Aww. And then, the, you know, when they do that, they don't let your family have your body or whatever. And then usually they'll sell it. Like that's how China does their organ donation system is oh, wow. that they'll, they'll just take out a political prisoner, execute them, and they give their organs to like a party member or something like that. I mean, they're just like... We always think of, like, China's a big trade partner, and we forget about Tiananmen Square and stuff like that, sure, but sure. Uh, it's still pretty fucked up over there as far as their justice system and stuff like that. So, uh, like, the EU, like the World Court and stuff yeah. like that, they went after the German guy that designed bodies specifically because they're like, this violates our universal code of human rights because these people, there's no way these people consented to this, and... To have their bodies sold and then preserved forever for a for a display and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And, uh, I don't know how it was resolved, but uh, yeah, and that's part of the reason I had a chance to see it. And Amanda really wanted to see it in Las when we were in Las Vegas. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't do it. I, 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 I mean it's silly, but I have no. like a, I have like a moral objection to that that yeah. show and that display. See, like when it came to Sioux Falls, I was like, oh, I kind of, I really want to see that, but we, I just never got the time to go. Sure. And and I was just thinking how cool that, you know, all these people donated their bodies to science for the purpose of research, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm I wondering had, if the new display, if like they've updated it oh, and if it is, now it's people that were do, like donated. Right. But, because I know. Or, originally when it premiered and it was like touring Europe and stuff like that, right. the original designer and creator of it. Yeah. Um, I just remember, I don't I think it was the 90s, but I want to say like the early aughts, it just being a really big media kerfuffle about, right. about where the bodies came from. Because I know when, because um, I know like down at like USD, they have a cadaver lab and like all those people definitely oh, yeah. said like, hard yes, I want to be, want my body used for science, scientific purposes, so do whatever you want to it. 
we, within reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so it, it, so that's why I thought, like, oh, well, that makes sense that this is probably, a, a you know, a, a product of, of a similar program where people just said, yeah, well, I'm not using my body after I die. Do whatever. And But, uh, huh. But that t- that makes it a whole lot different if it's if they didn't consent, basically kind of forced into it. Yeah, I'm on their website, and there's absolutely no surprise, surprise. There's absolutely nothing about uh, how they uh, how that works as far as the the legal part of it for the bodies. It just lists the cities where they have displays going: Las Vegas and Atlanta, Georgia. Buy your tickets now. That sounds so gross. Yeah. But some people are into that things. Well, I don't know. Not I. Yeah, like they've got... Okay, yeah, I need to stop looking at that. But uh. <laughs> So we were going to talk about the Banff Mermaid. Yeah. Merman. So this Miss Merman is actually in Banff, Alberta, Canada. And I'm just kind of reading off of my calendar from uh, Atlas Obscura. Because it sums it up really nicely. It says, uh, in a glass case at the Banff Indian Trading Post is what looks like the back end of a snapper fish glued to the top half of a desiccated monkey. And honest to God, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, tufts of white hair cling to the three-foot-long, meter creature's emaciated form. One webbed hand reaches out as if in the throes of death. A maniacal grin bears two rows of tiny, pointed teeth. This is the Banff Merman. The legend of the Merman begins with Norman K. Luxton, a founder of the Indian Trading Post and the sign of the Goat Curio Shop. Accounts of its origin differ, but a following a fail, but following a failed around-the-world canoe trip, which that doesn't surprise me that it would fail. Um, Around 1915, Luxton either caught or bought the hokey-looking man-beast, or maybe he just built it himself. So nobody's quite sure, like, how he got a handle on this merman or where it came from, but it's kind of like the P.T. Barnum merman. Um, It just looks really super-duper interesting, but it says that mummified mermaids have a long history with some dating back centuries, but they really hit their stride as part of the P.T. Barnum um, circuit um, back in 1845, and then um, Luxton's mermaid came came about in 1915. So what is that like? Thirty years later, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So no, wait, that's way longer. It's way longer. That's way longer. <laughs> well, I'm surprised nobody said anything. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's see. But today there are several mummified mermaids to be found of various appearances and origins from Japanese temples to Seattle's ye old curiosity shop. But Banff may have may have the only merman. So oh, so this is a male one versus everything else being female. So that's what's special about the Banff merman. Yes. Okay. So So yeah. But that's just kinda of, kinda of funny. I kinda of think he might have I think he might have I think he might have just made it himself. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, it looks really gross. <laughs> it passed that, and it looks, it looks like gross. some it looks like some guy who's really bad at you know crafts kind of put it together. Yeah, that's the reaction I had with that one is that it is not well made. So yeah, it's like it's very it's like if I tried to make a mermaid. Right, right. Uh, so following up because I brought that up, uh, I I wanted to follow up with facts about the bodies display. Uh, it, that controversy is not settled at all. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, concerns have been raised about the prevalence of the bodies. Um, let's see. In 2005, U.S. Uh, 
the U.S. Florida Attorney General expressed opinion that state's board approval should be required for this display. Um, they fought against having a tam uh, an exhibit in Tampa, Florida. So literally it's at where it's at in some places because they passed laws against it. Oh, wow. Uh, and all of the and a lot of this relates to in 2006 the New York Times and 2020 teamed up and did a investigation showing that a lot of it was black market. So it wasn't even the government like political prisoners. It was just like black market. So we have no idea where they came from. Oh, Chinese no. cadavers. That's sad. And like I didn't realize because I've never seen the display. They yeah. have children. <gasps> and so the Catholic Church has raised concerns about. Like, well, how did they get children cadavers? And the children can't really consent to that. Right. Um, yeah. And it goes on with, yeah, after the 2020 investigation uh, and an investigation by New York Attorney General at the time, Andrew Cuomo, uh, the, uh, the display CEO, Arnie Geller, had to resign in disgrace. Um, there was a investigation and subsequent settlement in 2008... Um, let's see. This this article says that the front page of the exhibition website has a disclaimer about the origins of the bodies and stuff like that, talking about this, but I was just on their site and could not find the disclaimer, so I wonder if the heat has died down enough ten years oh, later sure. that it's not as big a deal or something, but yeah, because there's nothing on their website that I see about it, but there's clearly a lot here. Yeah. Um, rumors of organ harvesting from Falun Gong oh. members in China and ugh. oh, that really breaks my heart. That's as late that as sucks. late as 2017 in the Czech Republic, there was a giant outcry by medical professionals in Prague about the exhibition coming there. I believe it. I mean, yeah, if it's if it's that shady and that um, controversial, you know, basically like they can't tell you like where these bodies came from. You know. Yeah, and after the 2020 investigation, apparently there's a really good chance that they were, like, not ethically sourced. Yeah, shoot. It's like, you know, most people are like, they want ethically sourced, like, chicken and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm just like, these are people, for God's sake. Right. I wonder what the odds are of, like, part of, like, that settlement they mentioned is that uh, they switched out and it's not even real anymore. Yeah, I don't know. With the possibility of just not actually releasing that information publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, it wouldn't be impossible to fake, but... Right. But there's know. a lot of things, too, like, that it could technically be listed as a science thing in the... Oh, that's how they market it, is that yeah. it's a science thing. Mm. Yeah, and that, I mean, that could be where they get their licensing and it's all actually permitted that it, they could come from donors, essentially, organ donors. Right. Yeah, I'm wondering if going forward they did that or how that, yeah. that worked. But like I said, according to this, no, they have not. I mean, they basically did an undisclosed settlement with the state of New York and closed their display there, and now they have one in, one in Atlanta, Georgia, and one in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even. I don't really even know what to think. Like, hopefully, you know, it gets shut down. But I kind of it like. But it's also a, fascinating too. It you might know? be a follow up episode on that one, just as we like learn more about it. Because right. I, I mean, I, it's a controversy I knew was out there, but until we were talking about taxidermy, it didn't cross my mind. Right. Right. But yeah. So, I wonder what other sideshow 
taxidermy and stuff like that. It, I mean, there's lots of sideshow taxidermy, obviously. Travis, in your wanderings, have you encountered any any like interesting sideshow taxidermy? I haven't, but it makes me think, though, like when you said the word sideshow, like what is going to happen to people like the Enigma that have altered their oh, bodies so much? Like, yeah. are they going to want themselves to actually be on display and stuff? Oh. Right. Well, I mean, he tattooed like his entire body. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to pursue, yeah. you know? I, I don't know. He came to see Falls once a while ago. He's here quite often, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty funny if he was just like, no, I want a proper Christian burial and my body is going to be disturbed. And <laughs> right. yeah, it's like absolutely not. <laughs> you know? That's Because I mean, I've seen people who have, like, have done other lizard alterations where they split their tongue and oh, sure. all different things like that. And I, yeah, I've always wondered, like, what are you going to do with that later when you get old? Like, <laughs> it's going to be weird. Like, yeah. one half of it's probably not going to work. Yeah, right. Like,. I think that a lot about body modification stuff. I'm always just like, yeah. There's a lot of people I see when they have like the big gauges and stuff. Yes, like, like, yes. You know how terrible that's going to look when you're like 60? Yeah, exactly. Like, I always think about that too. And even like, like there's some, there are some, a lot of interns starting right now where I work and a uh, few of them have taken out their gauges because I don't know yeah. what our policy is on that. But I think it was their, it was literally like their first couple days. So I think they're kind of airing I'm on the side of caution. I'm going to confess ignorance. What is a gauge? It's like the oh. big hole in the ear. That's what those are? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, man. I have a friend. Because I've seen someone who were, it must have, like, fell out or ripped out at some point, and so yeah. literally yeah. just two teared things of flesh on their ear. I had a friend ear. who did it himself. He got his ear pierced. Oh. And, like, the, the way they say to stretch it out, like, if you're going to do it yourself, yeah. use, like, uh, synthetic, like, brooms and, like, the little bristles on the broom and cut them short. And, like, every day or so, just add, like, two or three extra bristles to stretch it out to the size that you want. Oh, I see. Sure, sure. Um, so that was, you know, discomfort or pain or anything like that, and, like, the actual plastic piece they put in there. Yeah. But one thing I've always wanted to do, but, again, it goes back to where I don't want to be deformed when I get older. Yeah. Because Robert seen me do the needle through the hand, where I legit put a needle all the way through my hand through the back and out the front. One of the things I want to do is actually thread two hands together and have like a card or a prediction in between where it's an impossible for me to get to. Yeah. And get somebody to pick what's hidden inside my hand and have them cut the strings and pull the strings out through my hand. But oh. in order to do it, I have to gauge my hand. Oh. And I'm like, how legit would that be if I had like a legit hole in my hand all the time? Oh my oh, god. god. And I'm like staring at your hands. But at the same time, like I don't want a hole in my hand. Like all the time. <laughs> I only wanted them for this one no, moment. Nothing good right. could come of that. I mean, you, other than if you I go could, to catch water in your hand or something like that, and it falls out through the middle. But think the thing: like if I'm driving or riding in a car, I could literally put my hand on a cup with a straw and not spill. No matter oh, how many times I get. Oh God! <laughs> I'd love, I'd love you get pulled over with that and then just be like, you know what? Just keep going. Just keep going. You know, get out of town. Right. <laughs> I can see your. I can just hear your memoir now. Like I just really wanted to do it for the one, the one time. Right. And that was it. I just wanted the the one reaction. Yeah. And if somebody ever told me like cover your eyes, I'm like I'm not peeking. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh man. I really, really want to figure out how to thread my hand together, or at least like thread a fist shut. Flip a coin and be like heads or tails. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't know. Cut the string. But. Uh. 
Wait, so like right through the hole there. So like yeah. basically, you can pierce your through your hand. Yeah. And it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little hesitation there, but yes. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, like 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 I feel like you sound just like the guy mom. at the tattoo shop selling that to someone. It's like, so this is like safe and medically approved, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is your hand, can you say if your hand's pierced? Like, is it, your hand's not pierced. No, my it? hand's not pierced. It's, oh. It heals and. Oh. I just did a post prom show like last month and I had I did three back to back shows and I did it like, three times within three Were you like Does it, you, Don't you bleed though? Nope. Really? Not, not the way he does it. Not the way I do it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, oh, because I just, oh, that just. There's, there's a part in your hand that's almost dead center. If you follow your middle finger and index finger down, the tendons to the middle of your hand, yeah, right in between those tendons, if you press you'll and relax your hand, you'll find like a little cavity. Yeah. That's all cartilage, so there's no blood flow or anything through that. Oh. I figured it had to be something like that, but yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I wondered, too. So it's all 100% legit. There's been times where I've missed. I've hit tendons. I've hit bone. Uh, like I've put it in the center of my hand and it comes out over by my thumb because it like hits Aww. something and curves and oh then God. it bleeds which is not good oh and you're like sorry guys yeah. <laughs> I have to cut the show short it's just yeah. awkward <laughs> but you sterilize everything right yeah uh, I, well I used to because I wanted to be a very very I, serious I liked I liked your response there too the yeah <laughs> so I used I used to okay uh, I used to have like an actual alcohol swab and like my needles were hermetically sealed and all yeah. that stuff because I wanted to come across as a very serious thing yeah yeah now my alcohol swab that's on the table yeah uh, I open the needle, show the needle I tear open the swab and while I'm doing it I say it's very important that I'm safe here uh, I need to make sure everything is clean so then I remove my glasses and the alcohol swab is actually a lens wipe Oh and God. I say, I need to be able to see what I'm doing, guys. You're so. such a cheese ball. <laughs> <laughs> so it builds up awesome. this moment of right, right. sterilizing. Oh, I know, he's cleaning his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, I, I buy that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So. Oh, my God. But it is 100% real. Does it hurt? And it doesn't really hurt. No, the first time I did it, of course, I was very slow and nervous yeah. doing it. But the first time I actually got it all the way through my hand, it was like the most euphoric feeling ever. Like my hand had like felt like it just had an hour massage. Seriously. Yeah, it's like an acupuncture. Yeah, like kind of super thing. acupuncture, and you're super just like, yeah. you're like I can do everything with this hand. Yeah, like Doc, put one in my back and just bring it through the chest, man. Just take care of me for the month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So okay, so how many times did you did you how many times did you practice the hand thing before you like showed people like hey look at this weird thing I can well, do? I'm I'm the type of person like <laughs> okay this could go terribly wrong and if it does, I want people to see it. You so. did it live in front of people? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I'm the type of person where I need to rehearse that shit before. Yeah, I it was just it. like the first time I ate a light bulb. Like I really don't want you. Okay. Yeah. You ate a light bulb. More of the time. Oh yeah, that's like that's like his fa most famous famous that's bit like for on the podcasts because we were so obsessed with it the first time he came on. Yeah, and we were all like trying to guess how we did it. Yeah, and so I was trying to guess. Uh, Is it candy? That it was a can sugar yeah. candy glass. Yeah. yeah, and so when I said that, he's just like, "Well, I tell you what, you pick the light bulb." <laughs> and uh, what did you just carry light bulbs for snacks? No, no like. <laughs> It was thought out, like, oh, whatever, sure. so. So, okay, what happens when they get rid of all the, the incandescent ball, or, like, the halogen, you know what I mean? Like, they're switching now to all of the... I can still do, like, a wine glass or something like that. It's just, 
I prefer to do a light bulb because I can show it on stage if I do it on in a performance. That and I when they break, like. they sound really cool. Yeah, and when I chew it, it sounds really cool. And they'll and they'll never one hundred percent be rid of one incandescent light bulbs completely because there are just places oh. where they have to have them. Sure. So. so so when you do you swallow it? Yeah, that's part of eating it. I don't say, look, I'm chewing this. Alright, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but so then, what's it like when you pass it through your system? It sister? turns out I'm not wearing a tie at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> tying. Yeah. So, what happens when you pass it through your system? Like, what happens to the glass in your body? So, okay. I need to know. Here's the science Surgery. behind it. Here's the science behind it. Please. Uh, glass is simply made out of sand. Yes. Okay. So, if you chew it fine enough, it just returns back to sand. No. Yes. Yeah? It's just a really fine powder, but you have to chew it a lot. Are you like, one, two, like, are you ch- counting off your chews as you're chewing it? No, I just keep going until it feels like I just took a spoonful of sugar, basically. Like, it's real grainy in my mouth. Oh. Um, and then just swish, swish it down with some water. Yeah. And I'm good. But glass only cuts in a slicing motion. Right. Okay, so I can I have to chew directly, like, my teeth straight up and down. I can't, like, chew like I'm chewing yeah. food where it grinds. Yeah, yeah. And I can't use my tongue Ugh. to swish it around to put it in place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, if it runs on my cheek, I can't, like, like yeah. suck on my cheeks or whatever yeah, yeah. pull it back in. So once it's completely chewed, I, t- I fill my mouth full of water. I swish it around, let the water and everything take care of it, and then just throw it back and swallow now, there was an instance, because I got to a point where I let my audience choose, you know, the glass and all the other yeah, things, yeah. and the one time they chose a fairly large piece of glass. That was dumb. Why'd you bring that? And, uh, and so, <laughs> well, now I have a way out of that if they do that again. Okay. Uh, because it takes so long to actually chew it. I oh. don't do the entire light bulb. I'm like, just break it, pull out a piece, and I eat it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so they gave me a fairly large piece. I'm like, well, I'm on stage. I can't back down. Yeah, yeah. So let's eat this whole thing. And it took a while, and I was in a hurry, and I'm like, audience is getting bored, so let's just swallow. So the next day, like, I pooped glass. Like, that was a legit terrible, terrible experience. Was it really, oh. was it really painful and bloody, or was it just like... It wasn't painful. Like, I pooped, and then a little graphic here. Like, when I went to wipe, I was like, oh, there's glass. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. So oh. now when they pick a big piece of glass, I break it, and I'm like, here, you want some? And then I have my smaller piece that won't take as long to chew on gotcha, stage. Gotcha, gotcha. It's not like a fear or I can't do it. I just don't want to be up there chewing glass for ten minutes. Like, give me a sec, guys. This is going to yeah. be a little bit. But you can't really talk because it's... I like how the right. deterrent for that is more stagecraft than it is actual, like, safety about eating that much glass. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is the first time I did it, like, I'm not going to do it. Like, the first time I do this, I want to do it on stage. Like, the only way to prepare yourself to do it is to read how to do it. Right. Okay, so yeah. I did that. Like, I was mentally prepared much more than I actually thought I really needed to be. Yeah. And then, like, all right, I'm not doing it until stage time because if it goes wrong, I only want to mess up once. And then it went so well, everybody's like, here's a light bulb, here's a light bulb. And then it's like every show I'm eating a light bulb now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, well, here goes the light bulb. So now you just eat the the glass part. You're not eating, like, the... Yeah, I don't eat the metal. The metal part. Okay, yeah. just, that was my other question. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty sure you weren't eating the metal, but... That just, wouldn't come out well. No, that definitely wouldn't end up well. End out well. If it did, I'd have to, like, unscrew it, so... You would have to swallow it a certain way. Yeah. Even then, you'd still run the risk of a lot of internal damage. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, fascinating. Taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If they ever God. cut me open, they'll find a lot of uh, interesting tissue. stuff. Yeah. 
Well, hey, that means he had an interesting life. Which go. means that you'll be like front and center in the body's display. Perfect. <laughs> Just don't take I a trip that. to China. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I hope they, they'd have to like flip me inside out. To show all the glass shards? Yeah. <laughs> like this is glass man. I can go with that. Do you tell your doctor that you eat glass? I told my dentist. Oh, and what'd your dentist say? They're like, we wouldn't recommend that. I'm like, I know you, I know you wouldn't recommend Like, when I go in to talk to my dentist, I'm like, here's the deal. This is what I do for my profession. Do not lecture me about my teeth. Because, like, the enamel and everything is, like, so scratched up and so gone. Oh, like, sure, sure. Yeah, like, basically, like, the left and right back half of my teeth are just terrible. Like, oh. they're all there. Yeah. They're just in terrible, terrible condition. <laughs> Um, so dentures are in your future. Yeah, the first time I actually did the glass eating, it was like three weeks before I felt a cavity coming on. Oh, shit. And I'm like, I am just getting this tooth pulled because I am not having glass stuck inside that cavity. Yeah, no kidding. And so when I went to the dentist, I said, you need to pull the tooth. And I'm like, do you want us to cap it or anything? I'm like, no, just pull it. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, first I need to know, is it going to be healed within three weeks? And they're like, well, yeah, you'll be able to chew and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm eating glass. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want like pack my gums with glass and then it heals over it and I have yeah. to deal with that. So I right. need This has to been most most metal conversations with your dentist <laughs> ever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what Zach Tenebo said when cause we performed it in Premonition Live yep. at the Orpheum and that was the first time I did it and he's like, dude, what if it goes wrong? I'm like, then I'm gonna bleed on stage. And he's like, dude, that's so metal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're so lucky it went But right. he does it now. I th I'm yeah. pretty sure he does Oh, it. does he do that? Yeah, I don't think he does it as often as I do. But I was going to say. I've seen a like, couple That's things. your bit. You got, you're going to have beef with him if he like, I know. takes that too far. I didn't know he was doing it, and I seen him post something on social media about it. Like, I eat a lie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, that's fair, because I'm tired of doing it. You're, so, you're like, yeah. honestly... I'd like to outsource the light bulb eating portion. Right? Yeah. At this point, for me, it's mundane. So it's like, you know, it's like mid middle of your show. And this is my intern, Molly. It's, yeah. It's her first day. She'll be eating a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh. It's pretty nuts. So. It's amazing Worst what the body can ever. handle. So. It is. Cool. I learned uh. a lot of things. One of the things I want to do is I've seen a guy. Uh, he actually took, uh, like, a clear plastic tube like almost like an aquarium tube yeah he put it through his nose out his mouth which isn't i mean people no, do yeah. that uh but the, it was like 50 feet of it and then he like completely wrapped himself with it and then put it plugged it into a milk pitcher on top of a ladder and then posed like a living statue and opened the valve and the milk went through all these tubes in his nose and then squirted it out of his mouth and filled a cup <laughs> So he looked like an actual—he looked like a fountain statue. <laughs> like that is awesome. Oh. And then he drank it in the end, which people think is gross, but it's still it, inside the tube the whole time. Yeah, so. it never really like <laughs> touched the body part; it just touched the tube. Yeah. So I have such like a, a terrible gag reflex. Like I want to do it because I can already do the nail in the nose. But oh I no! Like do the tube, but oh. I'm like that would be so awesome. Oh my gosh. Huh. I just need a minute. <laughs> yeah. Next time we record, I'll do the needle for you. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So I, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. <laughs> yes. Enough tangents and craziness. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I think we're going to take that conversation and make that our uh, epilogue, if that's cool with that's you guys. Totally yeah. Fine. Hell yeah. So, 
Uh, welcome back. We're going to wrap up this episode for you, but uh, be sure to check out uh, Macabre Grimoire on Patreon if you'd like to hear a whole bunch of stuff about uh, different body, body modification things and body tricks that uh, Travis has done and a uh, little behind the scenes on some, uh, I don't know, body horror magic? That's not right. And I'd call it blood magic, but it was It's bloodless. actually called geek magic. Oh, sure, because yeah. a geek, like, from a freak show. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it's geek, geek magic. magic. Uh, so how about this? How about I get some video up, and uh, we'll put that on our Patreon and be doing some geek magic oh, stuff. Oh, cool. That the would cool be very cool. thing about it, it's not even really geek magic, because 90% of it's legit. So geek stunts, I guess. There you go. You should put up on the Patreon, too, that I do dream interpretations. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. So Cool. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, next time, speaking of magic, we're gonna go. We're gonna take a historical deep dive on one on a obscure and very weird magician uh, from the turn of the century who cross crosses paths with uh, a number of uh, great and famous magicians, including Harry Houdini. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a really fascinating history, and we will tell you all about it next time on Macabre Grimoire. <laughs> <laughs> Macabre Grimoire is a production of the SueEmpire.com. Learn more at MacabreGrimoire.com.